from here in the Holy Land. Welcome to the Nourish Your Biblical Roots podcast. I'm your host, Yael Eckstein, President and CEO of the International Fellowship of Christians and Jews. Each week, we'll explore the Jewish roots of your Christian faith and nourish those roots with inspirational insights and ancient teachings that are so relevant to our lives today. Let's get started. The greatest gift that we can give to our children and grandchildren is a legacy of faith. In Judaism, we refer to this as Lidor Vador, which means from generation to generation. Passing on our faith from one generation to the next has always been a core value in the Jewish tradition, one that has helped preserve the Jewish people for thousands of years. A few years ago, when my father, Rabbi Echiel Eckstein, suddenly passed away, I realized how blessed I was that my father left us a rich legacy of faith. I was inspired to write a book about the teachings and values that I received from my parents and how I am now passing those same teachings on to my very own children. That book is called Generation to Generation, and it's a compilation of the lessons that I learned through the Jewish traditions that I grew up with, and a practical guide for how we can all pass on our faith to the next generation. And now, I'm thrilled to make the contents of my book available to everyone through this podcast. Over the summer, every episode of Nourish Your Biblical Roots podcast will feature the audio version of Generation to Generation. Each week, you'll hear me read a chapter in the book, and in each chapter, we'll explore a Jewish observance, the key value it reinforces, and how to transmit that value to the next generation. I think we can all agree that our children are our future. We are shaping the future of the world through the lessons that we teach our children today. I pray that this series will help you share your faith with all of the children in your life and that it enriches your own walk with God too. Judaism is a religion of questions. On one hand, we are called to believe God's promises and trust his providence. On the other, we have a tradition of questioning God's ways, asking the weighty questions in life and seeking the answers. Asking questions is not at odds with faith. Rather, it is the means by which we deepen our faith and express our desire to know God. This is why Rabbi Abraham Joshua Heschel contended that asking questions brings us closer to God. Indeed, it is part of our divine service and duty. The first Jewish patriarch, Abraham, had questions. When God informed him that he intended to destroy the entire city of Sodom, Abraham replied, Will not the judge of all the earth do right? In Genesis 18.25, Moses questioned God as well. When Pharaoh increased the labor of the Israelites in response to Moses' demands, Moses asked God, Why, Lord, have you brought trouble on this people? 
in Exodus 5.22. The prophet Jeremiah did not hold back his questions either. He asked God possibly one of the most pressing questions for all people of faith through the ages. You are always righteous, Lord, when I bring a case before you. Yet I would speak with you about your justice. Why does the way of the wicked prosper? Why do all the faithless live at ease? This is from Jeremiah 12.1. Clearly, we see from this exchange that Jeremiah was completely comfortable in bringing his questions before God, no matter how difficult the subject Perhaps most famously, the book of Job is filled with man's questions for God, and God's answers are filled with more questions for man. And in the Christian Bible, one of the earliest records of Jesus is as a 12-year-old boy in the temple asking questions of the rabbis. After three days, they found him, Jesus, in the temple courts, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. It says in Luke 2.46, the Talmud, Judaism's oral tradition, later recorded in written form, is presented in a question and answer format. A topic is typically introduced with a question and responded to with more questions until a viable answer is found. If you enter a Jewish Torah study hall today, you will not encounter the prevailing silence of a college lecture hall. Instead, you will witness students in passionate discussion, even shouting at one another, as study partners challenge each other as a way of discerning the truth. The Jewish fascination with questioning comes down to this. In order to serve God and become the best version of ourselves, we must constantly seek to learn and grow. And in order to learn, one must ask questions. Dr. Isidore Rabi, Jewish physicist and recipient of the 1944 Nobel Prize for Physics, was once asked why he became a scientist. He replied, My mother made me a scientist without ever intending it. Every other mother in Brooklyn would ask her child after school, So, did you learn anything today? But not my mother. She always asked me a different question. Izzy, she would say, did you ask a good question today? That difference, asking good questions, made me become a scientist. Jews have long been known as the people of the book, the people through whom the world received the Bible, and the people who have incessantly studied God's word for thousands of years. As a natural corollary, Jews have become known as a people who value the study of all things, regarding the seeking of knowledge as a supreme value. We see this repeatedly throughout both the Jewish and Christian Bible. When God asked Solomon what it was he most wanted, Solomon asked for wisdom. Give your servant a discerning heart to govern your people and to distinguish between right and wrong. For who is able to govern this great people of yours? It says in 1 Kings 3.9. And in the Christian Bible, the Apostle James advised, If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you, as it said in James 1.5. However, what most people do not know is that the secret to wisdom and learning is asking questions. The rabbis taught that a person who has no questions has no space to receive new knowledge. He is literally full of himself. 
However, one who asks questions creates space for answers, new ideas, and possibilities that can enter one's mind and settle into one's soul. The Hebrew word for wisdom is chachma, and by switching the first two letters, the word reads ma, which literally means the power of what. In other words, wisdom is gained through the power of asking questions. It is quite fitting, then, that the Jews commemorate the most important event in our history, the exodus from Egypt, by asking questions. During the holiday of Passover, we harness the power of questions in order to teach the next generation about our history, our values, and God's promise for our future. One of my first childhood memories is at our family Seder, the ritual Passover meal. I'm the youngest of three daughters, and so once I was old enough to read, it was my job to ask the traditional four questions at the outset of the Seder. I can remember standing on a chair in my nice new dress while the entire family looked at me in proud expectation. After I recited the four questions in Hebrew, everyone cheered, and the Seder began. At the time, I didn't understand that what I was doing had been performed by the youngest child for thousands upon thousands of years. I was simply the next in a long line of ancestors to ask these questions on Passover Eve. I also did not understand the importance or significance of asking questions. However, it was clear to me, and every child who has recited these four questions, that asking was a good thing. In later years, a younger cousin would assume the role of asking the four questions, and my attention turned to questions of my own. One of my most vivid memories is my father eating an entire tablespoon of traditional bitter herbs, in this case, horseradish. It was so bitter that my father's eyes filled with tears, and it looked as though he was weeping at our holiday meal. I asked my father why he was crying, and he responded, "'So that you would ask!' One of my older sisters then explained that the purpose of eating bitter herbs was to remind us of the bitter enslavement of the Israelites and the tears they shed. From my father's perspective, he was just as proud of me for asking the question as he was of my sister for knowing the answer. Another year, I watched my father help my mother meticulously clean our refrigerator in preparation for Passover. They scrubbed and cleaned every single part and got rid of food that I now know was chametz, leavened food products. I could not understand why they were doing that or what it had to do with Passover or the Exodus, so I asked my father. He beamed at me with his big, broad smile and replied, I'm so glad that you asked. This is the beginning of what Passover is all about. It's all about asking questions. Passover is one of the most celebrated and widely observed holidays for the Jewish people around the world. It is at the heart of the nation of Israel, bringing together family and friends of multiple generations and diverse backgrounds to commemorate the seminal event in Jewish history, the Exodus. At the core of Passover is the Seder, the ritual meal held on the first night. The focus of the Seder is retelling the Exodus narrative and hearing the story as if for it's the first time. This annual storytelling energizes the Jewish people and is one of the forces that has held them together for millennia, throughout exiles, pogroms, persecutions, and yes, 
even the Holocaust. In fact, on the eve of the very first Passover, God commanded Israel to observe the holiday on the very same day every year. This is a day you are to commemorate for the generations to come. You shall celebrate it as a festival to the Lord, a lasting ordinance. That's what it says in Exodus twelve fourteen. During the temple times, Jews brought a Passover lamb offering as prescribed by God in Exodus twelve three to 4 and shared it with their families along with bitter herbs and matzah, as it said in Exodus twelve eight. Today, as the temple no longer stands, the focus of the holiday is the Seder, through which we fulfill the biblical injunction to tell your children and grandchildren how I dealt harshly with the Egyptians and how I performed my signs among them, as it says in Exodus 10.2. Seder literally means order, and the Passover Seder is a deliberately designed experience containing 15 steps placed in a specific order. The main part of the Seder is the fifth step, the Magid, which means telling, as in telling the story. This is the heart of the Seder and the essence of Passover. It is here that we tell the story of the Exodus through biblical scripture, songs, rituals, and commentary. Yet when we tell the story of Exodus, we do not begin with a description of events. Instead, at every Seder, the story begins not with answers and explanations, but with questions. In many communities, the leader dresses up as an Israelite slave leaving Egypt, and the guests ask, Where are you coming from? The leader replies, I'm coming from Egypt. The guests continue, And where are you going? The leader responds, I am going to Jerusalem. The question-answer format, along with the visual aids and audience participation, is intended to capture the imagination of children and sets the tone for the evening. Indeed, our children are the most important guests at the table, and the Seder revolves around them. The Four Questions, one of the most iconic and memorable Passover passages, is traditionally sung at the Seder by the youngest child able to do so. Incidentally, if no children are present, then one of the adults must recite the questions. Moreover, if a person is alone, he or she must ask themselves the four questions. Such is the value that Judaism places on asking before receiving answers. The four questions highlight four unusual aspects of the Seder that were instituted by the Jewish sages for the sole purpose of piquing a child's curiosity. The text begins, Why is this night different from all other nights? And specifies four questions. On all other nights, we eat leavened bread and unleavened bread. Why do we only eat matzah, unleavened bread, on this night? On all other nights, we eat all kinds of vegetables. Why do we eat only bitter herbs on this night? On all other nights, we do not need to dip our vegetables at all. Why do we dip vegetables twice on this night? On all other nights, we can eat leaning or sitting up straight. Why on this night do we only eat reclining? The reason that we begin our story with questions is because of the verse that says, In days to come, when your son asks you, What does this mean? Say to him, With a mighty hand the Lord brought us out of Egypt. That's from Exodus thirteen fourteen. The Bible specifies that our children should ask first, and then we should answer.
The four questions also provide the springboard to discuss with our children the fundamental ideas of the Jewish faith found in the Exodus story, that God is with us in our suffering, that he hears our prayers, that he cares about his people, and that he intervenes in human history to bring about salvation. As the old saying goes, tell me and I forget, teach me and I remember, involve me and I learn. The Seder was intelligently designed to involve children to the greatest extent, mostly by way of eliciting questions, but also through other hands-on experiences. While the Seder is a powerful educational tool that we revisit every Passover, the overall objective is to encourage our children to ask questions all year long. To be a Jewish child is to learn how to question, explains Rabbi Jonathan Sachs, who served as chief rabbi of Britain from 1991 to 2013. Against cultures that see unquestioning obedience as the ideal behavior of a child, Jewish tradition in the Haggadah, the written guide to the Seder, regards the child who has not learned to ask as the lowest, not the highest stage of development. Judaism maintains that true faith can only come through asking questions, seeking answers, and choosing God as an act of freedom rather than an imposed state of being. Our goal is to ensure that our children will be seekers of God and the wisdom of the Bible for the rest of their lives. Throughout our children's school years, the typical educational model tends to be memorizing information and repeating it on tests. Even as our schools progress and incorporate new learning techniques, the very fact that there are more than 10 students in a class means that educators have to do more talking and children get to do less asking if they are to cover the required amount of material. It is therefore the job of parents to encourage children to ask questions and seek knowledge. There is no substitute for a child's natural curiosity when it comes to learning, and we must nurture it. Albert Einstein once said, I have no special talent. I'm only passionately curious. Imagine a world full of passionately curious adults like Einstein. God only knows what ideas would be uncovered and how many problems would be solved. Passover gives my husband and me the opportunity to light the fire of curiosity in the souls of our children. We praise our children at the Seder when they ask questions. The answers that we provide, how God saved his people through ten miraculous plagues and the parting of the sea, spark even more curiosity and imagination. When it is age-appropriate, we will often answer our children's questions with more questions that guide them toward finding answers on their own. Moreover, there is no age limit to learning something new, and the adults at the Seder ask questions of their own, modeling for our children the value of learning that never ends. Like many Jewish children, the moment from Passover that my children remember most is when it is their turn to ask the four questions. Typically, children are four or five years old when they are ready to ask the questions, often in front of 10, 20, or 50 other people. After the text is recited, successfully or not, we cheer for the children, giving them the unmistakable impression that asking questions is a very good thing.
Our Jewish tradition teaches a person who is shy cannot learn. A person who is too shy to ask a question will miss countless learning opportunities. The first experience that our children have with asking questions is an overwhelmingly affirmative one, creating a positive association with asking questions in the future. As parents, we are all familiar with the stage that most children go through when all they ask is, why? Why does the grass grow? Why do we have to brush our teeth? Why do we have to go to bed at 8 p.m.? Why does the sun go down every night? It's a seemingly endless stream of whys from the time they get up to the time they go to sleep. Too often, we are in a rush or have had enough of answering questions for the day, and it's tempting to become irritated and shout back, because that's just the way it is. Yet every Passover, I'm reminded to treat these questions as holy. These seemingly inconsequential questions have a value beyond what I understand. Each time a child asks a question, it is an opportunity for us to encourage asking questions in the future and consequently to inspire a lifetime of learning. There is another set of four in the Passover Seder, which is read about in the Haggadah shortly after the four questions are asked by the children. The text speaks about four children, the wise child, the rebellious child, the simple child, and the child who does not know how to ask questions. The first three children ask questions about Passover, reflective of their personality, and the Haggadah provides answers taken from the Bible that are appropriate for each type of child. When it comes to the child that doesn't know how to ask, instead of instructing the parent, you shall say to him, as with the first three children, the Haggadah reads, you shall open the way for him. The parent is obligated in the Jewish tradition to help that child open up and ask the questions that are deep within. Indeed, not only are we required to answer our children's questions appropriately, we also must inspire them to ask even more questions. As a mother, I try my best to answer my children's questions. I either give them the answer, tell them that we can discuss it later, or tell them that the question is a good one, but that I do not know the answer yet. The important thing is not really the answer. It's the fact that they asked a question and expressed their curiosity in the first place. Passover encourages children to ask questions and at the same time reminds parents that questioning is a sacred experience, one that we must take seriously and respond to accordingly. And by putting our children at the very center of the Passover celebration, we are reminded once again that our children are our future. The beginnings of a better tomorrow lie in the questions that our children ask today. Thank you for listening to the Nourish Your Biblical Roots podcast. If you like what you have heard, visit me at mybiblicalroots.org for more of my teachings, videos, blogs, and books. You can also follow me on Instagram at yael underscore Eckstein or on Facebook at yael Eckstein. Shalom and see you next week.